Welcome to the Thriving Farmer Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Kilpatrick. Our mission is to inspire, educate, and celebrate sustainable farming. We believe that you can build a profitable, sustainable farm that gives you true farm freedom. Join us as we talk to farmers, innovators, educators, and entrepreneurs to glean their top takeaways in business and life. Hey, Thriving Farmers, Michael Kilpatrick here with yet another episode of the Thriving Farmer podcast. And today my guest is Josh and Rebecca Tickle, who are the filmmakers of the recently released documentary, Common Ground. This highly anticipated follow-up to their first film, Kiss the Ground, is an urgent call to action and offers a plan for how we can save the future, heal our climate, and fix our broken food system, all through regenerative agriculture. Josh and Rebecca, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Michael. Appreciate, Appreciate you having us on. Absolutely. So give us a little bit of a backstory here of how did you two get involved in um, this whole aspect of regenerative filmmaking, like as I like to call it. Regenerative filmmaking. Ooh, I've never heard those new, terms. You coined term today, regenerative filmmaking. That's funny. I, I don't think it was actually regenerative filmmaking because I was super exhausted by the time we were done. I did personally <laughs> did not feel regenerated. <laughs> But, well, it's um, important I mean, work. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, for me, my family comes from, um, I mean, I can trace my roots in farming back to the 1700s and mm-hmm. in the Midwest. And so um, for me, it's been about a love, combining my love of film, because I've been making films since I was eight years old. I was in the Christmas movie Prancer mm. when I was eight. And that showed me how films have the power to really touch people's heart and to really create change within people in a 90 minute setting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, uh, and I had met Josh, Josh after I had been kind of a fan of his because he helped jumpstart the biodiesel movement with mm-hmm. the veggie van back in the nineties and teaching people how to make their own biodiesel from um, used cooking oil. And uh, so we, our first film was called Fuel. And that was about um, getting Americans off of our dependency on oil. Um, And we've made about 20 films. And the way that we came to regenerative agriculture is because both of us have a deep love for the planet. And that's what our movies are about. And when we realized the power that soil has to draw down carbon and stabilize the climate and store water and grow nutrient-dense food, I mean, the list of benefits goes on and on. We realized that we had to use this tool that we've been you know, working with for the last 20 years, or for me, my whole life to tell stories about regeneration, mm-hmm. to, to make mm-hmm. it so that people understood what that concept is. Because when we started, regeneration wasn't really a word that you could, regenerative agriculture wasn't something mm-hmm. that was in the media. It wasn't something that people knew existed. Obviously, you know, these are based on indigenous practices combined mm-hmm. with, you know, sort of modern agriculture is how we're looking at it today. But, um, yeah, I mean, we could not do it. That's how we. That's how we got to it. Absolutely. So then, your first. Uh, well, there's a kind of a. There's two. You've done twenty films, but your last film, the, the the Kiss the Ground film. Did you have any idea that it would become so big? Uh, you know, Kiss the Ground took seven years to make, wow. and there was a lot of faith poured into that film every year, almost every day that we worked on it. I mean, we told everybody it was going to be huge. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So we might do have that said that before, right? <laughs> we may have said that on another film before. Um, <laughs> the reality is, you know, we knew that we had to keep making environmentally focused films until people started to get it. 
Mm-hmm. And after you make 18, you know, 17 or 18 of these things, it's like, wow, are are they ever going to get it? And I think that's where we were at by the time we got Kiss the Ground done. And of course, we got the film finally done after seven years. Woody did the narration. Oh, my goodness. It's finally coming together. It's going to be a great movie. Oh, we got a premiere in Tribeca. Wow. Oh, red carpet and celebrities. And it was early 2020. And so oh. we'd worked for seven years to build this incredible team and film and hashed out all the details and the science and the farmers and everybody came came together. Oh, and this wonderful premiere was about to happen in New York. And then I mean, we people, were going to have Giselle Bunchen and Jason Morass was going to sing. It was going to be Earth Day at yep. Becca, this huge thing. And then people started getting sick with this funny virus that, you know, stopped your ability to smell. And we were mm-hmm. like, well, they're not going to shut down New York City, of course. Meanwhile, we couldn't smell anything. Yeah. <laughs> next thing you know, uh, everything was canceled. Yeah. So, you know, it was a trial and tribulation after trial and tribulation, all the way through fighting to get it onto Netflix at the last minute because the theaters closed. I mean, it was just a brutal, long process. Um, I mean, the movie didn't stand a chance. That's the reality. Yeah, but but I think what we realized early on was that the regenerative agriculture movement had something that all of the other environmental work that we'd done uh, was missing. And that is this coalescence of very strong Midwestern community people and farmers with left and right coast environmentalists. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it was like, wait up. Whoa, whoa. We got like red. We got blue. We got purple. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's everyone is pulling in the same direction. No one's deriding each other. There's a tremendous amount of respect and understanding. Inclusion, Inclusion and inclusivity was big from day one. So we just we knew when we started reporting on it as a thing, as journalists, we were like, this could be big. Like yeah. if it if the movement can hold itself together long enough to get this big concept out, um, and then of course the climatological impl- implications were huge. Something where you're actually fixing carbon into soil at a benefit to farmers, benefit to nutrition. You're bringing very different groups together to achieve a common goal, uh, and and and. That's why we continued to fight, especially through those last few years with Kiss the Ground, as we saw the film start to come together, because we were filming as the movement itself was coming together. And we were, oh, my gosh, you know, if we can get this film out, if the movement can hold it, if, if, if. And then, of course, COVID was a huge surprise and a shock to everybody in the entire world. But somehow the film made it through all of that. And it it got seen by millions and then hundreds of millions of people around the world. We were getting texts. We were getting direct messages in Turkish and yeah. and, and and languages we didn't even know what the language was because the text we, we we couldn't even read it. You know, it wasn't even English, um, like not even English characters. And so, and people were showing us pictures of their compost bins and. You know, like, you know, the King of England reached out to us and yeah. said it, that Kiss the Ground was his favorite film. We were getting, yeah. Yes, we were getting he was the prince at the time, but we yeah. got we got to meet him as a result of that. But we also got to meet other incredible That's so heroes cool. in the movement. Yeah. We were getting long impassioned, you know, letters in Slovakian and Croatian <laughs> and, you know, uh, parts of Africa. And, 
And and by that point, you know, uh, the film had been out for a while, and we realized that the fight had been worth it. The movement was picking up steam, and of course, there had to be another film because everything that we'd filmed for seven years, we we're like, yeah, but there's more, and there's more of this, and there's important Correct. information. Because you, you know, you film and then you make the film and then time goes on. Things change. So hence the second film. And then yeah. miraculously, Kiss the Ground is being credited as helping to take the regenerative movement to the mainstream. So people who are outside of the movement who didn't know about it and helping it make, you know, make it common knowledge, which yeah. once you get that kind of agreement and you have so many people agreeing, even if they're outside of the movement, you can start to see massive shifts. You can start to see really big change. Yeah, absolutely. Two things you said there. One, I think you said, you know, the red, purple, blue aspect. And I think that's so key because I think you said, you know, the, the left coast, the right coast, and then you've got the, the, the purple in the middle there. And once you can really start to get those people on board, that's where you can start to see this massive change. Uh, unfortunately, way too long, environmentalism has typically been a blue, th a blue thing. Yep. And it's, it's, it's high time that all of us get on board of this. Um, and again, I, I, in the worlds I run in, I have friends on both sides of the aisle and in far extremes. And the one thing we do call common is food and especially regeneration, because again, we have, we realize that we have a planet we're trying to leave to our kids and our grandkids and regeneration is the way, only way we can do that. Um, yeah. and that's, yeah. you know, I think that's the big thrust here. And that's why we wanted to call this film common ground is, mm -hmm. you know, if you're against regenerative agriculture, what are you, are you, are you against eating? Are you against putting carbon in the soil? Are you against farmers being profitable? Are you against healthy kids? I mean, there's just, there's nothing bad here. It's, this is a pro, you know, a pro human, pro Correct. soil, uh, pro farmer, pro-American, but also pro-other countries that can do this themselves. It, it, it teaches resilience and it teaches people to be able to do something which, unfortunately, as Americans, we 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 are getting way too used to, which is outsourcing. Let's Correct. insource our food. Let's build strong communities with wealth growing, growing those communities back into the middle of the, of the country. We spend a lot of time doing economics in common ground, you know, there's a farmer, Rick Clark, who says, listen, he's saving $2 million a year on his farm. And if we extrapolate that out to mid the Midwest, that's $126 billion a year. Can you imagine what the Midwest of this country would look like if we literally pumped $126 billion into it every year? That's not from tax money. That's not from handouts. That's from farmers doing better. That's that would incredible. change everything, everything yeah. about this country. Now, I mean, was he more than the farm bill doles out each year? Yeah, that that's that's saved by mm -hmm. farmers shifting to these practices. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. And was he counting the effects of not losing his soil on top of that? Or no, this is straight cash input. So, you know, you look at what is it, what does it cost you to plant an acre? You know, Correct. whether you're, yes. whether you're corn, soy, you know, you have cotton. a rotation, it's corn on corn or corn, soy, corn, soy, or or whether you're wheat or one of the other major cash crops, right? Even sunflowers or cotton, as you mentioned, you've got fertilizer, you've got insecticides, you're going to have to have herbicides, right? Well, certainly diesel is going to play a role in that because you've got to move the tractor up and down the, the field. And if you're tilling, then that's another another pass, right? So, 
what Rick did is he started to back off. He backed off the glyphosate. He backed off the fertilizer. He backed off the insecticide. He backed off the herbicide and slowly and slowly. And, you know, the main thing he backed off right away was tilling. So Mm -hmm. immediately on year one, he's saving cash on the diesel to put in the tractor. He's saving cash at the co-op where he's paying for all these chemicals. By the way, that money doesn't stay in the Midwest. That money's going to companies that some of them aren't even American companies, right? Correct. Which is why we're seeing this big problem with what's happening in the Ukraine. Constrained fertilizer, right? Who's paying for that? Farmers, right? So here's a farmer who starts to strategically go, you know what? I don't need as much of this stuff. And within a couple of years, he's not using any of it. And his diesel fuel costs are 25 to 50% of what they were. So that's just cash savings. That's not, that's literally money that's just poof, going off the farm that now stays in the Midwest. Very powerful economics. And this is how we change the course of, of the country. We put money back into communities. Absolutely. That's amazing. Because again, you're not counting the environmental, you're not counting the soil, you're not counting the uh, cancer rate that's going to go down because we're not spraying all these. So it's just, the impact is phenomenal. And I think we just we just don't realize what it is because we're not seeing all those things and they don't line up. And that's what we've been putting into our soils the last 60 years. One of the big challenges that we've recently discovered with our farm here in Ohio is we're actually sitting on an aquifer that's contaminated heavily with aluminum, chloride, and sodium. And our consultant, he looked at our soil tests, our leaf tests, and he's going, oh, oh yeah. He says, you got these high because it's coming right out of the water. Ooh, that's tough. It is tough. And thankfully in the last couple of months, we've been able to start to bring that around with a lot of basically life and biology, just pumping the life and biology and carbon into the soil. But I can't imagine uh, if we didn't have those resources, uh, we were literally, I mean, again, I've been farming 20 years, so I've got a little, a few years under my belt and I've grown some beautiful crops and I was standing there scratching my head because I was doing every trick in the book I knew and the crops just were looking worse and worse and worse because I was slowly poisoning them. And it's because of the conventional agriculture from the last 60 years, all those salts coming out of the fertilizers and right into the aquifer under our feet. Yeah. I mean, people don't realize the knock-on effects. And and I guess the flip side of what we're talking about today is regenerative agriculture and the benefits, mm-hmm. bonuses. And and you're a farmer, you know how challenging it is to, to change, to, to, you know, what are these, you know, California people telling us about this? Yeah. You know, regenerative agriculture is like, it sounds, you know, it can sound like, like really uh, challenging. But I think the flip side is, what if we don't change? What if we continue with conventional agriculture? Most people don't think about this, but as a species, we're at the confluence of three major crises. Mm-hmm. Mass extinction, which is biology, mm-hmm. right? Yep. The, the majority of biology on this planet is dictated by farms and ranches because that's how we interact with the majority of the land base. Climate, Okay, you can call it climate change. You can call it local climate change. Doesn't matter where you are on the spectrum. Everybody recognizes that climactic conditions are getting worse. And then the third thing that, that most people don't talk about is land loss. Mm-hmm. So the average country in the world is losing about 5% of arable land a year. 
Well, fast forward that 50 years, we have to feed a billion more people. How are you going to feed a billion more people if you're reducing arable land by 5% a year? That is that is a, that is a terrible math equation. <laughs> that spells disaster, right? So doesn't matter what you call this type of agriculture. It is regenerative because it regenerates soil, but we have to regenerate that soil. And when you regenerate the soil, you have to regenerate the biological base of the soil. And that is two out of the three major problems that our species faces. So the flip side of not doing regenerative agriculture is we just keep doing the same thing. Yes, we're quote unquote feeding the world, but the cost of feeding the world is going up. Farmers are going into debt. They're committing suicide, not just in the US, but India and overseas as well. And the available land is shrinking. So there is no scenario under which conventional agriculture can work for the next 35 to 50 years. The only possible trajectory there is disaster. So we have to change. Change is challenging. It's difficult. It's scary. But this is how we feed the world. Regenerative agriculture is the way. Absolutely. And I think you go back to that scary part. And I think the question of change, and I think that is the biggest challenge that these small farmers and larger farmers face. It's interesting because locally here, we have a, a farmer that does 8,000 acres and he's the, one of the bigger players in the area. And I, I was suggesting a prebiotic that I've had really good success with. They've had really good success with on thousands of acres, hundreds of thousands of acres across the Midwest and around the world. Um, they ship tanker cars of this stuff to overseas. It's so effective. And we were just trying to get him to put it on 250 acres. And he's like, well, that looks good. But you know, all these salesmen come in and show me one thing or another. And, <laughs> and it's just very interesting when you try to show these farmers this stuff. And you could go back to, I think, something Joel Salton has said that, you know, since 40 years, he's shown his side of the fence is greener and his neighbors still won't make the change. Um, and Gabe Brown says the exact same thing. Yeah. And so I think it's one of those things that it is challenging to make change. I know that for me, you know, it's easy to get up and do the exact same thing every day. But when you have to, if you realize your livelihoods on the line, and unfortunately, I think we aren't to that point, but I think we are getting there way faster than we think. If we're looking at, you know, fires on Maui, we're looking at the drought in, the, in all over the US, massive rain events. Uh, Vermont has been hit this year twice with torrential rains that have caused a massive devastation and not like from a hurricane. So 2012 was a hurricane that wiped through Vermont, dropped to 12 inches of rain in 12 hours and caused massive issues. But this year was literally just the weather patterns, which put all the rain that should have gone to the Midwest in Vermont. That is not sustainable. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting growing up, uh, my my dad lives in Southeast Ohio and that's where I was mm -hmm. born and he has a thousand acres and growing up that was always corn and soy. And in my family, you know, they were, my dad used to till and he at starting at 12 years old. Um, and now my aunts and uncles and everyone in my family has paid the price for that personally with, with their health. And mm. it's been so, you know, upsetting to see down the road, the result and to have the information that I have and to want to care for my family and to want them to be healthy. And, you know, that's why this information is so important because it's it, it gives Absolutely. people access not only to heal themselves, but also the planet, you know. And so my dad, who is, you know, just classic, you know, if you were to do a, a stereotype of someone from, you know, Southeast Ohio, who's a farmer, that is my dad. And so you can only imagine the conversations that we've had with him as we've been on this journey, it's kept it really real for us. You know, it's kept us very present to that. We have to have everybody in this conversation, especially the people who are growing food. 
And, you know, and, and yeah, there's a real fear of change, but I'm seeing where there is a real um, opening for conversations around health. Like Rick Clark, his wife got breast cancer mm -hmm. and they had to deal with cancer in their family. And they realized it was a result of the chemicals that they were using on their farm and people within my family. I mean, we, when people get the information and they stop just listening to the propaganda that this is the way Correct. that we're going to save ourselves when the opposite is true, it's you know yeah. literally the opposite is true. Then I think, you know, farmers are smart and they, they're not going to just do it for the money. They're going to do it because they care about their family and they want to live to see their grandkids. And I think that is the point that we have to go in for, because um, I just interviewed, I believe it's John with uh, Singing Pastures. He's, uh, they make the roan sticks and he, his father at 46 was diagnosed with Parkinson's. Oof. Yeah. Farmer's disease. I mean, that's what they call it. And the, all these lawsuits, they call certain diseases, the farmer's diseases, Parkinson's, ALS, non-Hodgkin's <laughs> lymphoma, all the things that are now you can just see you know, consistently, and these aren't just anecdotal stories, you know, this yeah. is, we see this, these patterns over and over and over again, yeah. you can't deny it. And it makes well, you so mad because you realize that these farmers have been lied to for decades when these yes. chemical companies have been putting profit over people. And yeah. I mean, that fires, I think all of us up in the movement. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's one of the reasons why, you know, we've had a number of people who wanted to take uh, common ground, the movie, and mm -hmm. they wanted to, they basically wanted to censor it. They wanted to take parts of the movie out and then then they would allow it to go out. And we said, no, we don't want to, we, we want people to understand the truth of what's going on in the Midwest. We want people to understand the coasts and we're not going to allow this movie to be taken and censored. And, and that's why we're doing the release independently. Mm -hmm. We're literally taking it community to community on a road show to theaters. And a lot of the theaters are being sponsored by farmer groups and and by you know environmental groups and it's great to see them coming together you know in in the middle of the country to see wow look these greenies and these people who farm with green are coming together to put this film on to make sure that the community gets the truth and i you look i encourage all of your listeners to go to commongroundfilm.org go to commongroundfilm.org and demand it in a theater. We have a demand a theater button right there. Demand it, get your groups together. We'll get the film to you. And let's do a big event in your city because we want to have this information available. And unfortunately, there is big pressure to not tell this truth, you know? Mm -hmm. And, yeah. you know, um, on the website, it, I know we have screenings happening all over the Midwest, all over the country, actually. Um, you know, it started at the end of September, going all the way through October, November, December. Um, so it's coming it's coming to a, a theater near you. I don't think we even mentioned that the film has a bunch of movie stars in it. <laughs> it's got Jason Momoa and oh, Woody cool. Harrelson yeah, and yeah. Laura Dern and Donald Glover and Rosario Dawson, it's just a great cast of characters, but the real stars of the movie are the farmers. And Definitely. we really go um, into the farmers' worlds and we we show, you know, that sort of disconnect that people have from what our system of growing food is and the hardship that our farmers are enduring. You know, when people talk about this, they get really angry at farmers because they think it's the farmer's yeah. fault and they don't realize that they are literally debt serfs to the chemical companies. And yes. And that they're paying the highest cost of, well, of anyone. And they're also listening to what the, a lot of the government, man, not mandated, but the government uh, information, as it were. Because, again, the, the government in one aspect is listening to 
the chemical companies. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly. Yeah. So it's and the film it's, really it's goes deep into this. I mean, that's yeah. the film can be is a bit controversial, you know, because, because we of this. Just, yes. Because we really are open about the fact that the science has been altered by, you know, the influence of money from chemical companies. And then we talk about, you know, scientists who are out there in the field looking at the real effects of like neonicotinoids on insects and also, you know, what, how it's affecting our health and our kids' health and our brain chemistry. And I mean, everything that we're facing right now in some way or another comes to this point where it intersects with how we grow our food. Every problem to some degree intersects with this. This is being the biggest problem that we as a humanity face. And the amazing thing is that if we empower our farmers, that's how we can turn this whole thing around. And so that's been a big missing from this. That's been part of the disconnect. And that's why Mm -hmm. common ground was so important to us because we want people to come together and rally for the farmers and to support the people who are growing food so that we can be empowered as a country. And like, we don't have to argue about whether climate change is real or not. Farmers are out there dealing with soil degradation in real life and the cost of that. So we don't even have to talk about that anymore. What we can talk about is how can we support farmers through a variety of ways? And that's Mm -hmm. what common ground really addresses. That's awesome. So Corinna, this week we're talking about your customer is their hero, not you. Can you expand upon that? Yeah, Michael, this is a really common problem that you see across all industries and businesses where the business talks about themselves more than they talk about the client. We exist to solve a problem for a customer. And so we need to make them the center of the story. They are trying to like reach their promised land, right? And our product is the means to that end. And so we want to to turn them into the hero. We want to get them to their happy ending. And we take on the role of the guide in the story. We're not the main character. So that means that when we're messaging our product, when we're on social media, when we're writing emails, we're not talking all about ourselves, we're always trying to spin and weave that message into their story so that they find common ground with us. Mm. So I know one of the big things that people like to talk about on their farm is like, hey, we're planting the carrots this week, or hey, we had a big hailstorm and it flattened some of the crops. How do you take that and then turn it into something that is them the hero? Yeah, well, I think for an example like that, we know that customers sign up to be members of farms or they shop from farmers markets because they want to feel like they're supporting their local farmer, right? And so mm-hmm. they do want to know these stories. They want to know what's happening on the farm. But I think when we're talking about it, we always need to kind of spin it in light of thanks for supporting your local farmer. We want to make sure you know the story behind your food, right? We're always thinking about why am I telling this? Why am I mm-hmm. sharing this information? I want to explain this in a way so that they feel like that transparency piece is happening and they're getting that need stroked, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So everything just needs to be in the lens of the customer being the hero. Yeah. What does the customer want from you? Why are they buying your product? It isn't just for the product itself. They actually want something else. And so our messaging needs to also illustrate that. We need to tap into all those other deeper needs that they have, like transparency and wanting to know the story behind the food and wanting to know they're supporting a local person. And our messaging can talk about that as well. Awesome. If you want more farm marketing tips like this, check out my top rated weekly show, the My Digital Farmer podcast. I teach marketing concepts and interview lots of farmers to find out what's working and not working in farm marketing to help you find more customers 
increase your sales, and build a strong brand for your farm. Look for the My Digital Farmer podcast on your favorite podcast app. Now, you also have an initiative called 100 Million Acres. Talk to us about that. So 100 Million Acres, which is one zero zero, and then the word million and the word acres.org, 100millionacres.org. It is an initiative to get a tipping point for regenerative agriculture for America. So specifically American, right? We want to get 100 million acres into certified regenerative agriculture by 2025. Now, look, it takes time to transition land, right? But you can enter a certification program. And we want to get that number because if you think about production ag in the U.S., rangeland, pastureland, and cropland, it's about 900 million acres, right? So 100 million acres is over 10%. That's a tipping point. And the big deal here is, look, individuals can participate. They can make a pledge. Farmers can make a pledge. But companies can make a pledge. And if you're a pledger to the 100 million acres initiative, what it means is you pledge to put at least, at least a minimum of 10% of your supply chain into certified regenerative agriculture by 2025. And we're launching with some huge partners, but uh, there's even some other bigger ones that are coming. And so we see this as a place for major companies to say, okay, I'm going to make a commitment. And the difference between this commitment and some of the commitments that they made earlier, you know, some of those definitions that they made up about regenerative agriculture are a little wishy-washy. Mm. These are the these are the certified partners that have gone through an extremely tight vetting process. They measure soil carbon. It's ongoing. This is a level playing field. We're agnostic. We've got three certification partners on the 100 million acres program right now. There'll probably be other certifications. But we want these companies not to go off and say, well, we're doing conservation tillage and maybe we'll use a lot of chemicals, but it's regenerative. Well, no, that's not regenerative. Actually, we know what regenerative is because people have spent years and years and years working on these definitions and these programs. So we want them to plug in to a level playing field. And I think we're we're launching with a lot of acres already in that in that initiative. I think we're going to get there. I think we're going to get to 100 million acres by the end of 2025. It's a very exciting initiative. That's awesome. And it costs nothing, by the way. Companies can sign up individually. This is free. This is just like part of our service of doing this film is like, what do you what do you want to do with all that energy? Every acre counts. We want to help people transition. That's what we want to do. And then we want to promote those people and share with the world who they are so that we can all support them and rally behind them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, one of the things I think farmers do face is in this is learning about that, how to be regenerative too. So I think that is something that obviously most of the educational resources are out there are from these chemical companies. So how do we make that transition of training them? Yeah. The, the good news is on commongroundfilm.org and 100millionacres.org, all of the resources that we're putting there uh, in terms of education and training are independent. We okay. also put some resources that are connected in different ways to big ag, uh, but we put those resources for farmers if they want to make money selling carbon in their soil, right? The big carbon uh, markets, they're all connected to big ag. That's just the way it is. And that's mm-hmm. an option. We Again, we're going to give people the information and the tools. They get to make the decisions. Awesome. 
So what would you say the biggest uh, learning for you with making the second film Common Ground was? <laughs> oh man well we made it in the middle of lockdown i mean that was the first there's a lot of learning curves you yeah. know <laughs> a lot of people Ooh. that we interviewed hadn't spoken to anybody in person in months so we had a much longer kind of warm-up time <laughs> yeah for interviews because it took them a minute to get their brains connected to their mouths i mean us too you know we were all in that weird place um what did we learn i i mean so I, many lessons i right? mean i think the biggest lessons that for me that I learned, I mean, I, I, my mind was blown again, making this film. I couldn't, I couldn't even talk to anybody for like a whole summer as we were doing all these interviews because yeah. I was so on one hand, I was so shocked by what, by what I learned about our food system and how broken it is. Yes. And just so impacted by the farmer suicide stories mm. and by the health issues and, and meeting people who had, you know, just the, the dark side of it was so dark that it yes. was seriously depressing. Like, you know, hard to handle, hard to be with because it's, yeah. you know, overwhelming. And, you know, you look at the road that we're on, not good for my kids and for anyone's kids, you know, it's yeah. terrifying. But well, on the other hand, on the other hand, the good news was so good. It was so uplifting and it was so motivating and inspiring. And it actually filled me with hope and got me out of that paralysis. And now, I mean, I just feel like if we can all rally around this together, if we can get enough people to get the basic understanding of this, of this, of what regeneration is, we have a window of time where we can not only stabilize the climate, stabilize our health as a species. I think that everybody will benefit our economies, our families. I mean, there's just, like you said earlier, there's no, there's no lose in this. It's all wins. Mm -hmm. all yeah, around. Yeah. yeah. And I, I want to add two things to what Rebecca said. And, and, and um, I'd say two of our biggest lessons. One is when we did kiss the ground, the movie, our big question was, is this possible? Like, could this grow? Could more than just a handful of farmers do this type of thing? And with common ground, the answer became super clear as we filmed. This is possible and this is happening. Mm -hmm. So those two lessons happened real fast. And then the other lesson, like Rebecca said, is not only is this possible, not only is this happening, we got to do this. Yeah. We got to do like we got to do this. We got to do it as now quickly <laughs> as possible. And part of the power of doing this is a lot of the division that we see in America is a myth. Like when you really drill down, people agree on the big issues of food and farming and soil. And these are the things that matter, right? So the biggest, most powerful thing about common ground is that there is common ground in our country. And now is the moment to seize that. So you know, we're really putting a call to action out to everybody. Join our initiative. Join the 100 Million Acres Pledge that comes from the Common Ground movie. Share the trailer with everyone you know across all social media. Don't let the film be censored. Make sure that you get everyone out to see this film and to have a conversation at the theater and keep help us grow the movement. Let's yeah. get this done. This film is a tool for so that we can succeed at that. Yeah, and the film Absolutely. will be made... 
It's going to be made free to every school, just like Kiss the Ground was. Mm -hmm. That'll start in January. So, you know, we put a lot of energy into getting this information out there in a way that uh, there should be no barrier for people to be able to get this information. We we want you to see this movie. Help us get it out there. And then own it. Take it. Yeah. Share it with your community. Absolutely. Well, that is awesome. I appreciate Josh and uh, you guys so much for your time today. Rebecca, so much for your time today uh, coming on and sharing that. It's it's exciting to see movies like this made. I know about like a decade ago, a little bit beyond, I was like, we need some of these, like these, these feature films that I've seen about other things that need to start hitting this topic. And now we have them coming out. So that's so awesome to see. And uh, I think the thing that's really cool is the success because one of the things that we kept talking about in this regenerative movement, and I kept talking to people that were like 10, 15 years ahead of me is like, oh yeah, it's really great to do this. It's like, oh, that's great. But until you start showing how the numbers work and how the profit works and how this can be possible and replicated, people are not going to invest in it. And so now we're starting to see this, especially in this latest film here of how it's just really making that massive financial difference. Because unfortunately in this country, money talks. And when we can see that, you know, you said that $2 million um, and just the cash, that really starts to people start to pay attention to that. And um, it's unfortunate, but it is fortunate that we start to see in that proof, as it were, and how that can really start to make a huge change. Love yeah. it. Love, well, what, love what you're doing on your farm. We hope that you can bring, you know, after harvest, we're... We're making the film available to farmers across mm-hmm, the country. Mm-hmm. We have a, we have something called the Film on the Farm screening series. Ooh. We'll ship you a blow-up screen. We have a kit. Actually, we have a couple of them because so many people want this. Yeah. We ship you a kit. It comes in four big boxes. It's got a blow-up screen. It's got a DVD player, speakers. You literally set it up in a farm field and you invite everybody. And that's the Film on the Farm series. We're doing them on farms across the U.S. after harvest this fall. So yeah, get get let's get a screening going on your farm. Yeah, like oh my absolutely. Dad, my yeah. dad watched Kiss the Ground, so you could imagine how that went. He did, although he did have some notes. Uh, he grew his first regenerative organic food after that, and I'm telling Very you, cool. if that if my dad can do it, then anything is possible. <laughs> yeah, no, that's awesome. Yeah, we do have uh, we have a big white barn that we could also project it on, but a, a blow up screen would be just as cool. Um, that's awesome. Yeah, we definitely want to do that. That's one of the biggest things that, you know, our our little community, our little city is a food desert in one aspect. Uh, there's no real grocery store. And that's why we one of the reasons why we chose the city we're in. What city is it? It's a little city called Carlisle. There's only 5,500 5, people, but 5,000 people is the definition of a city. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, but uh, yeah, it's a... Uh, it's a little tiny town on the edge of Dayton or city on the town edge of Dayton. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right there in Ohio. Well, yeah. well, let's, let's get the film to you and you to the film. Good luck, and, guys. And, and uh, yes. yes, thanks. Absolutely. Thanks for your hard work and your patience and, and, uh, and thanks for spreading the message. And thanks to all you farmers out there who work so hard to feed people. Mm-hmm. We really, we, we honor and respect you and we're here to support you. Absolutely. They are the stars. Well, again, thank mm-hmm. you both so much. This is great. Appreciate your hard work over the last many years of making this happen. And we're excited to our end to share as much as we can and get this out to folks. Awesome. Have a great day. Thanks for having us on. Absolutely. Take care. Bye. 
So there you have it. Another episode in the books. So I'd love if you would hop on over to iTunes and leave us a rating and a review. Those mean everything to us. We love to hear what you're thinking. If you have a podcast guest that you can recommend, please pop on over to the Thriving Farmer podcast website and leave us a review. That's thrivingfarmerpodcast.com. 